0: Hey, everybody. Welcome to another week of uh, startup sales. Today, we have a great guest, Jonathan Grisbowski. He is the founder uh, of a company that's He really puts his employees first, and he really stands behind that. So we're going to talk about putting your employees first today, and that includes training and everything. He's also done a lot of outbound prospecting and gotten uh, sent out thousands of emails and has hundreds of clients because of this. And so he's going to discuss how to do outbound prospecting and how to get the great email customization and also speak to uh, your potential buyers before actually trying to sell them. So it's a really great episode. I think you'll get a lot out of it. And if you're an early stage startup and you're looking to get your first clients, I've put together a really great uh, little uh, PDF for you. You could go to uh, startupsales.io and download it. It's called How to Win Your First Clients. So startupsales.io and you'll see it there on the homepage. Let's get to today's episode. Hey, Jonathan. Thanks for joining us. Adam, thank
1: you so much for the opportunity. I really appreciate it.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to have you here. Um, Can you tell everybody that's listening a little bit about your background and and your current company and things like that?
1: Yeah, I'd say uh, I've only had one real job my entire life. Uh, I've had the, uh, I guess, the bug, the DNA of an entrepreneur since 14. Um, Penji is an on-demand graphic design service. Started about Three years or so ago, and within that three-year time period, we've been able to grow the business from zero, literally zero, to two, over two point five million and inc five thousand recipient. Um, and again, in under that three-year period, so sales uh, growth trial error is a constant thing that we are thinking about and the constant thing that we are doing. So, the reason why people should listen to this podcast in particular. Is just because of you know that growth period, that explosive growth, and how we've been able to do it.
0: Okay, and before that, you said you had one real job. What was that?
1: Uh, I worked for Apple. <laughs>
0: uh,
1: I worked for Apple and did work for Apple for about five years or so, five six years. Uh, learned a lot about company culture. Learned a lot about um, management, but. You know, it's just one of those things where, if you're an entrepreneur, in my opinion, it's just something that is you're constantly thinking about, you're constantly moving towards, regardless. And I just gravitated towards marketing, I gravitated towards graphic design, things like that. Um, yeah. So, yeah.
0: Interesting. What one uh, one takeaway would you say is the the most important that you learned from Apple?
1: Uh, just the importance of the people. You know, um, I think. One
0: of, the people uh, meaning employees or customers?
1: Uh, employees. Yeah. Mm. So there's a, a credo that Apple has and it says something along the lines of our, important, our most important resource, our soul is our people. And I think that mantra has carried over to us through Penji because we, we kind of treat the same, we kind of have the same philosophy as our, our, our most important resource um, is the people that we, uh, that we employ. And if they're not happy, if we don't take care of them, if we don't believe in their vision, their, what, why, what their purpose is, then they're not going to believe and they're not going to work as hard as they possibly can in order for us to obtain ours. So um, that was probably the most important thing I've learned.
0: Uh, it's uh, fantastic. So how, how, what effects have you seen that like you could actually clarify and, and speak about that, uh, that has happened in your own business because of this?
1: Uh, from from the standpoint of just believing in our people?
0: Yeah, and, and yeah. the way that you treat them.
1: Yeah, so uh, when we uh, begin hiring, the hiring process, we always ask one question. And the question is, uh, what is your dream? And the second question is, how can we help you get there? And a lot of times, some people don't necessarily have an answer, like a, a well-thought-out answer, because they don't know the the question is coming. Um, but what, what we found is that when people have a very well thought out answer, that they're usually a good cu- uh, culture fit. And then what we do is once we understand exactly what their dreams are and what they're what they're they're, they're moving towards, um, then we know how to handle the the employee. We know how to handle the team member uh, in order to you know, we understand their purpose. So once you understand somebody's goal and mission and purpose, then it's easier to have conversations. It's easier to know what what makes them happy so some people can say well you know I want to I want to make a million dollars a year okay well you know you're not you may not necessarily be able to make a million dollars a year at Penji but maybe we could help you create a supplemental income or maybe we can you know sit down with you for an hour or so in order to give strategy sessions in order to grow your side business um, so those like small little things they go a long way and they build trust within the within the 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 team member and also the organization.
0: Yeah. There's a quote. Uh, I can't remember who said it, but like, it's like, what happens if you invest in your, your employees and they leave? Yeah. It's and the opposite is, well, what happens if you don't invest in your employees and they stay?
1: Yeah. I think I, what I find is when employees leave is because of the lack of trust that they have within the organization Um, It could just be their time to go too. So there's other factors, but I find that a lot of people start to look for jobs immediately upon getting hired for us. Our turnover uh, is extremely low. We've uh, we've only had people leave our organization due to a personal health issue. Hmm. Um, And, and even then it's, it's rare. They usually come back. So with that being said, uh, that's something I'm incredibly proud of, even more so than just the the growth in the sales side of the
0: company. Yeah, well, wow, that's uh, fantastic. So let's let's jump into the the sales side because you said that you have 2.5 million. Yes, mm-hmm. that's clients or or revenue. Uh, revenue. Okay, and in three years, and, and this
1: is according to uh, Inc. By the way, so you can just like. You could look it up, uh, people that, are, well, not you, but you, the people that are listening, you can look it yeah. up and then you can see all of the financials and stuff like that.
0: Okay. How did that come to be that day that you got into Inc? Um, well, I think it's like, the, from
1: the statistics standpoint, I think it's um, it's harder to get into like, uh, uh, it's harder to, to get Inc than it is to get into like Yale or Harvard or something like that. The statistics are really high are really low in order to get yeah. in. Um, how we got into it, I think number one, we have a really good story. I think we have a really good business model, and I think just the financials speak for themselves., yeah. so I think it's like when you sign up for it, you have to you get asked like a ton of questions like what's your story? What's your background? Um, our story and background very briefly is more so like we're not just a we're not just a service based business, a graphic design business. We're a business that also uh, is community conscious. So we offer our services for um, disc- extremely highly discounted to all to nonprofits in in the country. And we have a program that offers our services for about twenty nonprofits a year where we they get our services for free. So That's we incredible. help our community, uh, we try our best to help our community. Um and I think a lot of people, especially in our geographic region, uh, resonate with that very well.
0: Okay. So let let's jump back to the two and a half million in revenue. How did you how did you start to scale this uh so quickly?
1: Yeah. So I think there's a couple of things. The the idea of the business is sticky. So when you are um in need of graphic design, then You naturally either a hire somebody, um, B you try to ask, look for a freelancer. And a lot of those things can be really costly. Those, a lot of those things can be extremely time consuming. And so it it usually it displaces you as a business owner. And so we wanted to create something that doesn't displace you where you could just sign up and go and ask for what you want and get it in under 48 hours. So I think that's definitely like the business model is really good. Um, From a standpoint of scaling, though, we uh, have two things that attribute to our success. Number one is content marketing and SEO. And number two is cold email and outreach. And I can get into as specifics as you uh, humanly possibly want. But those are the two things that uh, attribute to the success and growth of the company.
0: Uh, given that this is a startup sales, let's, let's go off of the, uh, the later and, and hear about your cold outreach.
1: Sure. So, um, cold outreach is something that is near and dear to my heart. Um, sending cold emails is probably at this point, my passion. And actually I wouldn't even go, it's not only my passion, it's my life at this point. Um, we probably send close to several thousand emails, uh, a, a week, um, and we try to make the emails as specific as possible. So every email that we that we write has an element, at least a line or two, um, that that is unique and custom to the individual. So we have like a very specific criteria of, uh, so the first email is something along the lines of, hey, name, and then the custom one line. And then it says something along the lines of, Penji is an on-demand graphic design service that does blah, 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 blah. Would this be of any interest to you and your team? The custom one line is actually based off of the research that we would inevitably do um, from LinkedIn or their general social media profile. Mm -hmm. So it could be something along the lines of like, if I were to write something about me, it would say, hey, uh, Jonathan, um, just watched um, the 76ers last night. Uh, They beat the Cleveland Cavaliers by one point. Uh, What a great game. Um, By the way, Penji is an on-demand graphic design service that does blah, 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 blah. And so that level of um, that personalization is incredibly important. And I think it's something that a lot of people are missing. So then we take that one line, right? And then we send it uh, into LinkedIn. And we send the same message to a person on LinkedIn. Um, And then that that we want to ensure that the person reads it. We don't necessarily need to make sure that they sign up right away. Usually our sales process and cycle is a little bit longer than most people. It's not just like, you know, a one to two day thing. It could be a week or a month long thing. And so if we're constantly sending messages, if we're constantly sending emails, then, um, you know, most likely they're going to be able to open, they're going to be able to respond, and then they're going to be able to do the things that we would want them to do. So push them along the funnel. Um, so- Okay. Is, is
0: your first email the only one that's, like, custom to that level?
1: No. So, every email is going to be 100% custom. Some of them are a little bit more templated. My favorite email that we send uh, is is based off of my other passion, which is food and mm-hmm. wine. And so, um, based off of – and I think this is a really interesting idea. I, I think – I hope that when people listen to this, they don't just steal it. I think – I hope that they can apply it to themselves. Um, but what we do is we have an email that I think is good that, that talks about food. And so it'll say something along the lines of, Hey, um, what, what city are you, are, are you in again? Tel Aviv. Tel Aviv. Okay. So, um, Hey, I was recently in Tel Aviv, uh, and I went to this restaurant, insert restaurant. Um, I had an amazing meal, uh, I ordered the insert food um, have you been there if not I'd love to you know tell you more about my experience by the way I sent you an email a couple of days ago uh, about our on demand graphic design service penji I uh, wanted to get your thoughts about it and so that's like that's the second like the second or third email within the chain and what that does is it increases the the ability of it not going to spam. And so you're essentially just changing the restaurant names. You're changing the city name based off of where they're located and you're changing the, the dish that they, that that company or that restaurant specializes in.
0: Well, it's a, uh, it's a lot of work though.
1: It you We're sending work, thousands
0: it, of emails a day.
1: It is a lot of work. Um, but our goal is to be able to, well, we're sending a hundred uh, thousands per week. per week. When it comes to to today, um, we're actually very selective with how many we send out. So we only send about maybe per person um, you know, fifty. To, well, depending on the day, twenty five to to uh, seventy five maximum. Mm-hmm. So, and the reason why that's important is because we want to make sure that the person is delivering is being it's being delivered to them. Um, but in addition to that, it's not going to spam. Yeah. So all of that time is we don't want it to be wasted, and so we have an incredibly high deliverability rate, which is something I'm incredibly proud of, and we're working on the uh, the spam rate.
0: I think that's uh, really important. Most uh, most founders and early stage companies aren't paying attention to the deliver deliverability rate and the open rates and uh, and your spam rates. So I think it's yeah. uh, it's really important. However, back to this high level of customization, I really like it. And it's also so not about business. It's, it's very personal. It's really not so much about them, but you could tell it's personal and it's about uh, their area. How has this affected your, your response rates?
1: Um, well, the end goal is to be able to either have them go to the website and research themselves or B, go and sign up for a demo. Um, you know, we average quite a bit. We have a, a couple of salespeople, so pretty much from nine to five. Um, on yeah, nine to six, uh, our team is pretty much booked throughout the throughout the day. Um, and so that's kind of like what we're our, what we want. We want yeah. people to be booked up without necessarily having to think. And all they have to do is focus on the conversation. and So that's been a great way that we've been able to grow is just that constant, you know, sending emails, um, getting the the meetings booked, getting them to go to the website, using retarget marketing in order to uh, get them to reconsider uh, signing up for a demo or buying from the website or giving a discount code or whatever it may be. Um, and then just uh, you know, being able to, to add uh, fire to that, add fuel to that fire, and be able to just scale it from one to five, ten people.
0: That's fantastic. So, who's sending out the emails? Then, if, if the salespeople are in the uh, demos all day long, or are they also sell, sending the emails?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a collaborative effort. Okay. So, uh, some people send emails. Some people um, don't. It's just like a, it's like a, a, a chain. it's a, um, an assembly line essentially. Yeah. Um, you have people who send emails, you have people who pass over meetings. Um, you have people who book the meetings. You have people who take the, the demo. You have people who do both. You have people who do all.
0: Yeah. I think it's really important. You know, one thing to mention for those that are listening is that you're more of a, a, not a low touch, uh, sales process. You're not like a, a uh, very long uh, process with multiple decision makers. Is that correct?
1: Um, it can be. It definitely can be. It depends on who you target. Yeah. So we know with one hundred percent certainty that the person, who the person is, that is the decision maker. And for us, it's not the CEO. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, at times it it can be depending upon how small the or how big the business is. But for the most part, we're not targeting the CEO. We're not targeting the, the owner of a company, the principal of a company, because they're not the ones that need it. Uh, yeah. the people who need it are, you know, the, the marketing directors, the, the create the brand managers and things like that. So those are the people that we're trying to target. Those are the people that we're going after.
0: Yeah. All right. And, uh, what's your average sales price?
1: Um, well, we have packages, so it's $369 a month, it's $479 a month, or $698 a month. Gotcha. So I guess if you want to go with the average, it would be the 479 because that's just our middle package.
0: Yeah. Okay, so it's really interesting. So it's, it's a well-oiled machine and you've got them sending out these very highly personal emails with the goal of... Signing up on the website or signing up for a demo. Not not necessarily but, to respond yeah. and engage in the in the email. It's more to get them brand awareness and have them check it out.
1: Yeah, I mean, obviously there are going to be questions that do arise yeah. um, based off of the emails that you send, but for the most part, yeah, I guess you could say it's more so just about you know them because like if you're talking to somebody, they don't you don't know they don't want what you are talking about because they don't know who you are. They don't know who we are. So we have to come in at like a more friendly element in order to break down that barrier and let them know that there's a human on the other side and not just like a salesperson. Yeah. And so once we break that barrier, then then we can have more of a thoughtful conversation and they're, they're a little bit more eager to, to actually want to help because, or they not help, but they want to learn more because of the, the personalization that we're, that we're bringing them.
0: Do you you know the response rates uh, to your emails off the top of your head?
1: Um, I'd say somewhere between... It depends on... It's a a hard question because there's so many different scripts.
0: Mm. Um, Yeah, and it depends on also who you're targeting and things.
1: Yeah, and it depends on... I I could say there are times where it could be 5 to 10%. Um, There are times where I've seen you know, 20, 30% it just depends on like how many emails are being sent off of that, off of like a thousand, it, it just ranges. But I'd say if you want to make sure that your open rates, a rule of thumb is you want to make sure your open rates are around 30%, uh, or higher, uh, Open uh, uh, reply rates, you want to get anywhere between five to 10%. And yeah. if you feel as if that neither of those are, if you're not able to obtain either of those, then, um, you want to, you want to change your entire process,
0: tweak them. Yeah.
1: But at least you have a base, you know?
0: Yeah. And it's always good to a B test and always be, always be well, switching we do it up.
1: A, B, C and D testing. <laughs> um, you have to, because you don't know what's going to work and everything yeah. changes for, for the person. So
0: what else do you do in your, your outbound that, uh, that helps with the process?
1: We do. I mean, LinkedIn is is something that we also do. I think a lot of people are missing out on that. Yeah. Uh, we don't really do anything else. We've dabbled in sending like local people within our geographic region, um, like care packages, where we just send them like a Starbucks gift card and things like that just to kind of see. It didn't really work all that well, to be perfectly honest, but I think it is something that's worth exploring into um, in the near future. Yeah. But it's hard. It's, we're an internet based business, so it's yeah. hard to be able to kind of take the offline into the online and vice versa.
0: Make that transition unless you're going for like major account based, uh, sales process.
1: Yeah. in our, in our process is <laughs> like literally one company can sign up for Penji and, um, only pay us $369. Uh, And a small business can do the exact same thing. Yeah. And so why would we treat, that's what, that's one of the best things about Penji is why would we treat say Apple different than small business mom and pop shop down the street? They're paying us the exact same. Um, There's no, there's really no hierarchy when it comes to our sales process. Everybody's treated equally.
0: I think that's uh, a very strong statement. This is something I really believe in as well is, and I I credit it to much of my success as a salesperson, is that each lead goes through the same exact process. I don't care if you're Fortune 500, like you said, if you're Apple or if you're a small business on the side, you go through the same exact process. And that, that really helps... Uh, it shouldn't be a, mach- a machine to say, but it really helps keep the flow and the momentum going of your deals.
1: I think that too. I think in our past business, I started a uh, digital marketing agency and the digital marketing agency was the complete opposite of what we're doing now um, in the standpoints of sales. Um, we treated top tier customers like royalty and then we kind of neglected the people who were only paying us a couple hundred or thousand dollars a month and looking back at it it's a huge regret and i think it's a part of the reason of why the agency excuse me didn't do all as as well as we all would have hoped it would and i think it's because of the sales process and the way we were nurturing leads or lack thereof
0: yeah yeah definitely i think that's it's, it's- a huge missed opportunity to, to neglect leads and leads or even small clients is every person counts. Everybody's dollar is still a dollar.
1: Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent agree.
0: Yeah. So what other mistakes have you made uh, as a founder in the sales process?
1: I think training is also really important. Um, when you are the person coming up with the process it's really easy to think that people can read your mind and the act the fact of the matter is that they can't so when you're creating something when you're doing something when you are um when you're trying to tell your team how to send an email or when you're telling your team how to send a LinkedIn message. When somebody doesn't do it the way that you want them to, your first reaction is to get mad and be like, why aren't you, why aren't you doing this? Like I told you how to do it. I gave you the blueprint. You should be, you should be set. And then the fact of the matter is that, it isn't that you're not, the person's not. So we ended up redoing every single sales process and rewriting every sales process down on a Google document. And that way, we kind of gave a Bible to our salespeople and says, if you have any questions at any point in time, here is your North Star, here is your Bible, make sure that you reread this if at any point in time you're not being successful at what you do. And That's beneficial because from a sales perspective or from a management perspective, you don't have to update 20 different documents in order to retell what it is that you're looking for. You just have to be able to tell one. You have to change one document. So, I think that was probably the biggest mistake was just the training process. We've reshaped the way that we teach people in our company. And and it's for the for the better in my opinion. But that was like a huge mistake early on. I wish I would have recognized that uh, sooner.
0: Do you, do you, uh, when you rewrote all your sales processes, did you write it with the sales team and have their help and their input?
1: Yes. And at the same time, I, every time that now I, I, I wrote every aspect of it. So what I would do is I would finish a, a, a segment and I would go to the person that's best for that particular topic and then say, Hey, like, does this, does this make sense? Do you think that a, a person can read this and be able to understand what it is that you need to do in order to be successful? And the yeah. short answer to the question was yes. So, um, and then sometimes it was no. And then it was like, "Okay, well, what area is confusing in order to lay out, a very clear process. It is incredibly difficult to go line by line and say, number one, open up, um, open up, um, yes, open up reply.io, open up your email inbox, your Gmail. Number two, click on this. Number three, um, copy script a, and yeah. add template and export file and import file into another area. So like, you don't think about these things, from like if you're a high level thinker, you don't really think about it, but you have to really go into like the minute detail of like every aspect. And there's a lot of times that when you're going and rewriting these things, you miss like that one detail that's really important. Um, so you really have to like from my perspective, in my opinion, you have to rethink of if you're gonna teach somebody how to do it, you literally have to go backwards and figure out like how were you able to do it yourself and then write down every little note on like a pen or paper and then be able to translate that and give it to somebody else.
0: And and don't actually do it from memory. Do it physically. Do the action so you see that, oh, the checkbox. You have to check the checkbox. Exactly. And remember Take a that.
1: screenshot. Yeah. You take a screenshot, add it in. Um, I think I probably wrote down the entire process at least 10, 15 times. And every time I did it, I had to add something else because I missed a step. Um, that's just the way, that's just the way it works. But like that level of detail, maybe it's like a part of OCD that I might probably have. (laughs) Um, I would say it's along lines of that in addition to just really wanting to our team to be successful. Um, yeah, I I wish, I wish I figured that that out sooner.
0: I think, uh, a sales playbook is so important and so many people kind of just don't, don't put that together because and they just kind of wing it, and then, as you said, you get employees that are doing the wrong things and can't figure it out just because you told them uh but also it it allows everything to be in one central place, and it yeah. allows everything to be so crystal clear that it really leaves nothing up to your to guessing,
1: yeah. Yeah, I think it's easy to do sales when you're by yourself. But once you start to hire somebody, then that's when it starts to get really tricky. And so you need to hire some. You can't be doing If you want to grow your business, if you want to grow your business to say like a couple hundred thousand dollars a year, you could probably get away with you doing sales by yourself. But when you really want to start to scale up and go higher into the millions or into the several hundred thousands, then um, you really, you you can't do it by yourself. You have to hire somebody. So.
0: Terrific. So how long did it take you to get your first, uh, your first like 50 customers, your first hundred customers when you were doing it on your own?
1: Um, relatively fast, actually, I'd say first 10 customers was within like a week or so. Um, then, uh, maybe not, maybe a little bit longer than that. I was, it wasn't a full month. I could say that.
0: Was it, were those first customers, were they like in network customers? Like you already knew them?
1: Yeah. So what we did right before we right before we launched Penji, we interviewed close to like 200 people, and we asked them questions like, "What are some of your biggest problems that we that you have in your business? Um, if you were to solve it, what would it do for you? Uh, if you were to buy this type of service, i.e., a graphic design service, would that be of any importance to you? And the short answer was yes, it was, and we would buy it." And then we then took those people that said yes and then we emailed them to say, well guys we actually created it would mm-hmm. you be interested and that was a large portion of uh, the early sales in the company was just us doing research and talking to what we believed was our end user and then they became our customer
0: I'm so happy you said that mm-hmm. <laughs> this is what I teach in my boot camp uh, you know I have a sales boot camp and basically yeah. one of the most important things is is go out and talk to your Perspective uh, client base. Go out and just interview yeah. them and and shadow them. See how their workflow is. Understand them, and uh, and by doing that, they're going to want to buy your your product anyways, even without you selling it.
1: If you don't interview close to at least a hundred people before you start selling, then you don't have a real business. It's yeah. as simple as that. Um, the things that we learned within that process and time period, it was invaluable. Um, you can put a number, you can put a price on that, that level of feedback. Um, it, I would say it's the foundation of how we, how we began. So uh, you have to give, you have to give credit to that.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's, uh, fantastic and, and so needed. I've even had, uh, I've seen people that will go sit in the office, uh, of their pr- prospective buyers and shadow them for, for weeks uh, to understand their daily workflow and their daily routines, yeah. so that you could really build a, a a system in place to to help them. Yeah. So, how did you know when you 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 had a good product market fit?
1: I think it's a good question. I never really thought about that. Um, how do we know? I. I think we knew that it would work well because we <clears throat> needed the product ourselves. We needed the service ourselves. So we were a graphic design. We were a digital marketing agency prior to Penji. And one of the hardest things that – one of the the, wor- the the most difficult and challenging experiences that we've had was finding reliable graphic design talent for our customers. So we had the problem ourselves. And so we knew that if we had the problem ourselves, then other people would probably have the same problem. And then once we did those re- that research, then that's when we found out that, oh, crap, like, people are very similar to us. They have the same problems. So that's how that's when we knew that it would be the, the product market fit. I think that's, that's a, that was exactly the moment, was when we had this problem, you have this problem, we created a business around it, do you need it? And the answer is yes. So
0: and then and then they put their money where their mouth was. They didn't just say yes, yeah, they bought it. They bought
1: it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah.
0: Going back to the early days, what was um, what was the most valuable lesson that you learned uh, at that time?
1: Um, understanding that Time is money. And there are a lot of times that you give things away for free or at a discount. And in the beginning, you don't, you don't, um, you may not financially be hit or you may not be like time wise, your time allocation may not be like detrimental in the very beginning because you're giving something at a discount or a premium or free or whatever. Um, But in the future, as you grow, it hurts you more than it hurts you more than it helps you. Yeah. I, I think number one, that's that number two is any new strategy or any new idea. You have to, You have to take into consideration the cost of displacement, which essentially means that if you come up with an idea and it's going to take you an additional two hours a month or a week to execute this, what is it taking you away from with everything else? And more often than not, it's taking you away from more than what you would inevitably want.
0: That's a a tough one to chew.
1: It's a tough one to chew. It's it's expensive. Yeah. It's s- silly because why not just focus on the things that actually bring you revenue or why not focus on the things that like grows your business? Yeah. Instead you come up with these new ideas to for what purpose? To because you don't think that like focus on the thing that's working and if it if it isn't working entirely, then tweak it don't just come up with a brand new idea.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, When did you decide it was time to scale or when did you know it was time to like start building your team? For us, it was
1: since day one. Um, Our original goal was uh, our original goal and strategy and idea isn't for this to be a small, a small business. So we've always had the idea of, well, how can we grow faster? And so from the very early inception of the business, that's, that was our mindset and nothing else has changed. So, um, we have a very outlavish goal of where we want to be. Um, we want every business we want to be, um, in one of the, 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 the most sought after and reliable graphic design services and just productized services in the, in the world. And you can't do that without thinking about scaling from the beginning.
0: Yeah, I think it, it's really important, but that what stage did you know? Like, because like, you didn't, did you hire like two, two, three salespeople right off the bat or did you wait? Oh, you until you want to know certain that. Traction? Okay. <laughs>
1: No, um, we didn't hire somebody until we hit like 200 customers.
0: Okay. And why, Uh, why that number? Why did that, what was going on then that you decided, okay, now's time.
1: My time, I mean, just my time. Um, what I was doing throughout the day was I was working more in the business and not on the business. And so once I knew that I needed to step away and actually start working on the business, Then that's when I, we, we hired more people, but it took a while after, you know, before doing that, not, I'm not going to lie. It did, it took long, you know, it didn't take too long, but it it definitely, it definitely took a decent amount of time and and thought. And then sometimes in the beginning, the person wasn't the right fit. And so then you had to move them around a little bit and then you had to find new people that were right fit. Um, So, yeah.
0: Very difficult. All right. What's, uh, one piece of advice that you have for all the other founders out there? Uh,
1: check your ego at the door. You're not the smartest person in the room. Um, <laughs> the people that you hire are way smarter than you. That's why you hired them in the first place. They're probably going to be able to do, tell you how to fix your problem and you can't do it by yourself. Yeah. Um, that's probably the most important thing that I would, I would recommend to people. Just get, take your head out of your ass <laughs> And uh, just you know, help them because that's why you hired them. So if you're able to provide resources and tools for them, they're able to help you in return.
0: Absolutely. I I always felt that when I was a manager and built and had a team, that my job, my role was just to make sure that all the obstacles were out of their way so that they could do their job.
1: Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent.
0: All right. What's your favorite tool that that you use for sales?
1: Uh, A couple. Um, snov.io is really good. Um, S N O V Um, reply.io is good. What's snov? Snov is a, um, an email chain and also a tool to collect data. Um, if you go on to LinkedIn with the Chrome extension, you type in like marketing director in the search field. And you can find all the marketing directors, uh, email addresses, phone numbers, company name, information, things like that. So it's a really easy way to extract the data. Um, excuse me. Um, we could also reply I.O. Excuse me. It's really good. Um, yes, where is really good. Um Clear out is really good. It's an email automation. It was actually on AppSumo for a while. Uh, so we got that discount. So that was really good. And it's very, very reliable. Very, very good tool. Um, Google Drive is another tool that we use quite a bit.
0: Um, <laughs> I think it's a, a very vital piece of many businesses.
1: Yeah, yeah, but I, I would be remiss to not say it because of how important it is. And yeah. So if you're not using it, you need to use it. Those are probably the most important ones. Okay. That'll that'll probably help anybody be able to get to where they need to be in a quick time period.
0: All right. What's one thing that you do uh, that you do differently that allows you to ex- an excel as a founder?
1: Um, can't find it, but I have a book you know, just like a notepad. It's about this big <laughs> or so. Um, and yeah, to people that are listening, it's, it's like no bigger than like a, a small book. And I write in it every single day, um, about what I'm trying to do that day. Like what are the most important things for that day? And then, uh, as I get them through, I cross them off for the longest time, for years, I would only do digital and I didn't realize how crappy the system was. Um, by doing it digital and so i started writing it and it like changed my world
0: yeah there's something about actually handwriting things that that makes a huge difference in your head oh yeah absolutely yeah
1: i think just the idea of physically being able to like look at your day and being able to just cross them off, i think is like it's incredibly satisfying but also just like you, you get to think about your day in a different a different manner
0: yeah uh, well, you're putting organization behind it. I think that's what's most important. And You know, you 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 do what gets planned. Mm-hmm. And so it, it really is important just to write, even if it's only like top three things, it gets the momentum going so that once you get those stuff done, you feel good and you, you start to accomplish a lot more.
1: Yeah,
0: 100%. All right, Jonathan, thanks so much for, for joining us and taking the time to share with everybody. Uh, I think there was a lot of good st- good information here and things that people could take away and implement into their business. Uh, How can people reach out to you or find more information about Penji?
1: The best way is to head over to our website, which is penji.co, P-E-N-J-I dot C-O. If you like our story, if you like our process, if you have any other additional questions, feel free to reach out. Um, I'm sure that if you mention this podcast, that people would be able to send an email to our team and then be able to direct it towards me to answer any additional questions. Um, but if you are in need of a reliable graphic design service, um, we are able to complete anything uh, from a website design, not development, but design to a logo to brand materials, social media content and so much more. Um, people submit our uh, people submit requests uh, on a daily basis and we have a maximum turnaround of 48 hours. So if you're constantly in need of of graphics, if you're constantly, if you're a content creator or your business is a content uh, generator, like machine like ours is, uh, then I'd highly recommend Penji. So it's just Penji.co.
0: Great. Jonathan, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for listening to Startup Sales with Adam Springer. Subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Contact Adam about speaking engagements or consulting services at adam at startupsales.io.